Hey, happy Palm Sunday Church. This is Pastor Mark and so excited to do online church with you guys again today. And uh, I'm on my roof and this is the best place to get away from the kids during quarantine. Um, so I just come up here, sit around and wait for tantrums to die down and then I make my way back to the kitchen. Uh, just kidding. So I'm up here for a reason. I get a lot of good perspective up here. Now take a look at this. This is my neighborhood, this is Aikahi. And when you step back from a little bit and you see the whole community together, you start to see it in a different way. You know, you really get a glimpse of the entire community together. Um, if this were a city, I could see the whole city in one shot. And today is the day we celebrate. A different kind of perspective. We celebrate Jesus riding in on a donkey and seeing the city of Jerusalem in a brand new way. I don't know if you've thought of this before, but could you imagine what Jesus must have been thinking when he was riding into Jerusalem? People were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, laying down their palm leaves before him as he strolls in on his donkey. What would that have been like? Even more than that, we read in Revelation that this city, Jerusalem, is going to be where heaven actually takes place. That the whole world is recreated again and Jerusalem will be the capital city of the new creation. And that, so that's pretty amazing. What Jesus was doing here was he was riding a donkey and the donkey is important because back then if you rode into a city riding on a donkey, it communicates to the people in the city that this is a king coming in peace. That there's not war, there's no, uh, no need to put up our guard, put up our defenses, he's coming in peace. And so Jesus deliberately rides this donkey saying that I'm the king of this place, this is my city. And he's coming to declare his authority over all of humanity in what's going to happen later during the week. But for now, he rides in communicating, hey, I'm the Prince of Peace, as it was declared in Isaiah. He's riding and fulfilling that, riding the donkey into Jerusalem. But I wonder what it would be like for Jesus, knowing that this is going to be the capital of heaven one day, knowing that he's riding into the city that even in its dirtiness right now, that even though it's not perfect right now, there's going to be a day where that city would be made whole, perfect, where all of humanity would come and live together in the city in the presence of Jesus. And Revelation gives an amazing description of what the city's actually gonna look like, and that there's gonna be no need for a temple because Jesus himself will be the temple. And it says there will be no sun, there will be no need for a sun because the glory of God will radiate the entire new creation. So it's a pretty amazing sense of what's to come for us. And so we get this perspective of Jesus walking into Jerusalem as if heaven was coming back to that city in a new way. And that's the perspective I wanna give you. As I'm up on this roof, I can see everything in my town. I can see houses, I can see people, I can see cars, the garbage truck just went by. But I get a great perspective stepping back out of things and recognizing that there's still brokenness here. We can hear fighting from our neighbors. Uh, we can hear cars not starting across the street. Um, we can hear dogs barking at mailmen. We can feel the tension of people zipping back and forth from base to the store, looking for groceries and the chaos that COVID-19 has brought. So it's easy with this perspective to recognize that things aren't as they're supposed to be. That there's a disorder here. Even in Aikahi, even in like one of the best neighborhoods in Kailua, there's still disorder here. And I think Jesus had that same thought. I think he was going into a city where he's recognized there's still chaos, there's still disorder. 
and he knew his mission was to bring order to it. Put it this way, Jesus saw the potential of heaven in the future circumstance that he was walking into. Can you imagine Jesus showing up to the city that he knows is going to be the capital of heaven one day? Seeing it in its brokenness, knowing there's corrupt government officials, knowing that there's people living in sin, knowing that there are people destroying the temple and making a, a, a shrine out of it. Put yourself in Jesus' shoes. Your job is to go into this city to bring heaven to a place that is currently broken so that all things future will be made new in the present. Jesus began a transformative work in that city and later he tells everybody, take this idea of heaven, take this, this culture of the kingdom of God, take it from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And that's where we live today. So I wanna just journey with you this morning through this week leading up to the cross where Jesus comes in and people yell, Hosanna, where people claim him to be the Messiah, where people recognize him as king. And in more ways than we even recognize, knowing that he had a perspective to transform and change and bring heaven back here on earth. I want you to, wherever you're at right now, in your living rooms, if you're with your family, awesome. If you're with a couple friends, cool. Um, if you're single and you're by yourself and there's no one with you, it's okay. You can reflect on these questions too. I want you to take five minutes and ponder this question. Where do I see heaven around me? Jesus was entering a city that he knew was broken, but he knew this was gonna be heaven one day. Do you do the same thing? Are you able to? Are you able to see into your broken circumstances right now and say, you know what, this is gonna be made new. Heaven will be abundant here one day. And how can I be a part of the transforming work that's gonna make that happen here and now? So chew on this question. Where is heaven around you? Especially right now with COVID-19. Do you see it? Because one thing I know for sure is that Jesus promises to never leave us nor forsake us. When he left his disciples after his resurrection, he said, lo, I am with you even to the very end of the age. Do you see Jesus here? Do you see him riding into your current circumstance, ready to bring heaven with him? Chew on that question for about five minutes, talk about it with your family, and we'll be back.
this wraps around this idea of Jesus being the king. So as he enters Jerusalem, he enters on a Sunday, on Palm Sunday. Then by Monday, he goes and visits the temple. Now the temple is a place that God gave his people so that God could live and dwell among them and have access. People can have access to God and God can have access to them through the high priest. So when Jesus showed up and saw that they turned it into a den of robbers, that people were making profit and selling goods in the house of God and not being there to commune with God himself, which is why he built the temple, it made Jesus angry, righteously. And so Jesus flipped the tables and said, how dare you guys come in here and try to make a profit in the house of the Lord? Such a blatant disregard for the love and the covenant that, that God had given to his people in Israel. And then after that, the next day, Tuesday comes, and he goes and he curses a fig tree, which is the same idea where the fig tree represents Israel. It represents the fruit, the, the vine of God. And Jesus is saying that there's a new covenant here. The, the ways of old are gone, and the wickedness of Israel has culminated to this point where Jesus has come to fulfill the covenant, to fulfill the law of Israel, and to bring something new, to bring new wine into the world. And so Jesus continues as he curses the fig tree. He goes on to predict his own death, and then he predicts uh, his betrayal. And just after that, Jesus sits down with his best friends on Thursday night, the night before he was crucified, and he breaks bread with his friends during Passover. So the final way that Jesus brings heaven to earth in this last week leading up to the cross of all the things he's done in Jerusalem all week. He started a heaven movement in the city where he will one day complete it, Jerusalem. He ends it by sitting down here at a table alongside his best friends. And something really amazing happens in this table. They're celebrating the Passover feast. And during Passover, what, they're, what the Jews would be celebrating is how God has been the liberator of their people for, for centuries that you're trusting in the character of God. You're celebrating how he is a God who frees slaves. You're celebrating that he is a God who is faithful to his word. You're celebrating a God who is with you at all times. So what Jesus does is he sits with his friends as they take this Passover meal and he takes the bread. And he says, hey, as you break this bread, as we break bread together, I want you to remember me. And as you take this cup of wine, or as we do juice, he says, hey, I want you to drink this and remember me. Now think about this for a second with me. Jesus did not say, remember me, when he was hanging on the cross. He didn't reach out from the cross and say, remember all that I've done for you, as he was hanging up there. It's not when he resurrected, where Jesus came back and said, hey guys, remember me, remember that cool thing I just did where I died and resurrected? No, 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 no. See, the thing that Jesus affiliates himself with, the thing that Jesus wants us to remember him by, is this. It's a table. It's sitting with your friends and your family. It's having conversation. It's remembering that God is always with us. That is his name, Emmanuel. So this table in the Bible, the table has so much importance. You remember in Psalm 23, where David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need because God is my good shepherd. He says that God prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies and my cup overflows. That is a beautiful way of saying that God is my host, 
that this is a place of safety, it is a place of connection, it is a place of refuge. And when people come to the table, our guards go down. And so what David is saying is saying, I can let my guard down when I'm in God's presence. He prepares a table, a safe place before me, even when my enemies are here and I feel comforted by him. And it says, my cup overflows. Back in that time when people would fill up your cup, if you're hosting somebody, if you wanted them to stay and talk longer and just keep talking story and having fellowship, you'd keep filling their cup up and say, yeah, let's keep this night going. But if you wanted the night to end, you'd stop filling the cup and they would get the signal, okay, this, it's time to go home. Imagine having an overflowing cup in the presence of God. That God wants to be with you so much that he never wants you to leave. And so we get this table as a, as a beautiful illustration of how God wants us to remember him, how Jesus himself said, remember me. And what we've done is we've taken communion for hundreds of years as tradition and made it about me and God. About I take this bread, I take this cup, and it's about me remembering him. No, 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 no. Communion is communal. How do I remember Jesus? I remember Jesus by sitting with my family and remembering together. And we celebrate together because their Jesus is my Jesus. And we celebrate the liberation and forgiveness that we've received from our Savior together. And so this table brings so much significance spiritually to us. Right now during the coronavirus, many of us have, are realizing that we have a lot more family time. We have a lot more time around the table. We have a lot more time at home in living rooms. And I'm of the impression that God is doing this intentionally, that God is actually bringing us back to the table. I want you to imagine with me right now that God during this coronavirus season that God may be bringing his people back to the table together. Because we've done a great job at remembering him in big miracles. We've done a great job at remembering him in, in big church transformations. And those are awesome things. But let's not forget where Jesus says he wants us to remember him. It's right here. It's right at the table. This is where Jesus says, take this bread, break it, and remember that my body was broken for you. Take this cup, and drink it and recognize that my blood was shed for my children. You know, this coronavirus has really um, shifted the way that life is operating right now. And you and I are both right in the heart of that. Are you going through something hard in life? Is this COVID-19 quarantine situation bringing a discomfort or bringing some kind of stretching, growing, challenging season for you? And what do you think God might be doing with it in your life? Share that with those who are around you in the next few minutes.
put something this morning. What would it look like for heaven to show up in the household, for heaven to show up at the table in a new way? Would it take forgiveness? Would it take financial provision? Would it take a, a new kind of vulnerability and love between spouses or with kids and with parents or with best friends, whoever you share a table with? I believe God is stirring something new in families right now. And I want to share an amazing rhythm that a family in our church has, has been practicing for years and have seen fruit from it as they keep Jesus center to their family relationships. Take a look at what Jason and Kalei have to share. Aloha New Hope Kailua family. It's uh, good to see you but not see you right now. It's good to be with everybody right now. Um, definitely a, a time to reconnect uh, with our family and in our um, homes and something that immediately came to mind because uh, it's something that we've been doing right now with this opportunity to be at home together. Um, it's something that that we've done in the past with our older kids, uh, Jaina and Kaoli, and uh, it was definitely a blessing um, at that time to do with them and something that we'll always remember. Um, but it's also something that uh, we've carried on um, at this time um, being home with our two younger kids um, and that's the opportunity to um, just have Bible study time as a family. Uh, it's just been so powerful together. Uh, um, at, you know at first our, our kids were kind of uh, just going through it and reading and, and uh, just giving short answers or not, not really giving much input but but we've definitely seen their uh, transition um, lately as they've really, uh, you can tell that the, that the word is really um, working in them. So such a powerful opportunity and, and such a huge time for us as a family that they were so blessed um, to have been able to uh, bring this back into our family. How we used to do it with Ko'oli and Jaina who Jaina's in her 20s, now and married to Kainoa Liu at New Hope. And with my son Ko'oli was that um, I was a teacher and on every break we'd start off the day doing devotions because Ko'oli was a little bit kolohe. Um, I would have lots of visuals. One visual that I had often was a, was a road, yeah, with two forks, making the right decisions or the not so right decisions. and. Um, talking about that and reading scripture, short scripture um, in the Old and New Testament to talk about, especially the Mo'olelo or the stories um, and the lessons that um, that they could learn or glean from in the Old Testament. Um, another visual that I had with Ko'oli and Jaina was a big triangle and at the top was God and in the middle section I had husband, my husband Jason, and on the bottom um, we had kids and I just would like to want I just explained to them often how um, God is the head of our household and that um, the hierarchy and how we we follow and make decisions together depends on mom and dad and then then kids you guys um, you guys follow suit after that um, and thinking back now in, in knowing that Ko'oli are Ko'oli went home to be with the Lord three years ago that gave me the most joy and satisfaction 
um, never regretting that time that I spent with them because I know that those paid eternal dividends that he had the seed of the Lord planted in him and that he he knew his true identity even up to the end of his life here on earth and that we get to see him again in eternity even after this earth and so our mind is always um, with heaven in mind and we do that same thing with Kekama and Kealoha now um, especially during this time of coronavirus that we really do have the time now to sit and talk and sometimes our Bible studies go one and a half two hours and it surprises me you know for a 14 year old and a 17 year old how engaged they get into it especially um, when we talk about application to real life things happening today um, and and that's the thing that I know in the end when when all all of this comes to pass when this world comes to pass and um, we're in heaven and eternally eternally together that that's really the main thing that um, is our kuleana as parents right now and so that's just kind of what we do to connect and thank you for giving us the opportunity to share. Isn't that an awesome testimony? It's so powerful when you make Jesus the center of everything you do, especially in our families. That's what communion is all about, is keeping the remembrance of Jesus alive when we eat and talk and laugh together. There is something about a table that brings a sense of, of peace and comfort and home and belonging. And this is where Jesus wanted to identify himself with the communion, with the being togetherness of the table. You know how most of us wear crosses to remember who Jesus was and what he did for us. I think if we look at it from a biblical perspective, we should be wearing loaves and cups around our neck because that's where Jesus wants us to remember him. You see, communion has this beautiful way of bringing us back to the cross, bringing us back to the sacrifice of Jesus, bringing us back to the forgiveness, the victory, uh, the freedom that we have and the hope that we have in Christ himself. It happens here. This is where we remember all that. And so what we want to do today is encourage you not to take communion by yourself. I'm not going to say a prayer that you follow along with and say amen. Here's how I want to do communion this morning. Is get bread, get a cup as a family. Whoever you're with right now is your family. It's your spiritual family. I want you guys to get these emblems together. And I want you to go around and have everyone in the circle praise God for how they have seen Him in your family, in your friendship. You are remembering in every meal that you have, in every conversation that sets place at this table, that Jesus is your King. That you are allowing Him into the presence of every single conversation, every single meal, every time you interact with another human, you're keeping Him at the centerfold. That's what communion is. And so you and I get to connect face to face in the presence of God during this meal. That's the communion that, that Jesus is giving us. He's saying, whenever you eat, eat in remembrance of me. He's saying, whenever you break bread, remember me. Whenever you drink this cup, remember me. What would happen if we turned our meals time back into communion time? where it wouldn't be just sort of a ritual we do once a month on a Sunday, where we're like, oh yeah, he died on the cross, let me remember that again. No, no, no. He's saying, are you willing to let me be the king of your life? Okay, if you are, here's how heaven's gonna look in your life. 
Have a conversation with your family and your loved ones. Remind each other how good I am. Remind each other how we've seen Christ abundant in our lives. Remember him in every waking moment. And so if you're with me this morning, church, we need a, a season of remembering Christ right now. We need it. Heaven is out there, but do you see it? I'll tell you what, if this coronavirus passes by, if this whole season goes by, and, and thank you, Jesus, for the healing that will come from it, but if the coronavirus season leaves us and we go back to church as a regular and we don't look back, we can't look back and say, wow, God really shaped our hearts in a new way during this season. Or if we can't look back and say, I saw heaven during the coronavirus all around me, it's gonna be a tragedy. So I wanna encourage you right now to be in this moment, in this quarantine situation that you are in, with your family and your friends who are around you. Let's stop together and remember what Christ has done, both on the cross and in our life. That he's continually moving to shape you to be more like him. That heaven is, is encroaching this earth. That we are a part of that, the magnitude of the force of the kingdom of heaven that is taking over this planet. Let's remember that, that this is part of the good news. That you and I are no longer strangers to God, but you and I have been hanaid into God's ohana. All of us are. So the way we're going to take communion this morning is together. It's not between you and the Lord. It's between you and the Lord and the people around you, your loved ones, your family, your friends. Let's break this bread and let's share verbally together how good God has been in our families. Let's share together how we've seen heaven show up right here at the table. Let's remember him in every waking moment. Let's remember him with every bite of bread, with every sip of the cup. Because our God is so good and he is abundant and he is abounding right now. I pray that your families would experience Jesus in the home, in the living room, in this table setting more than ever before. My prayer is that for youth, you would be able to be bold enough to listen and obey your parents and to even encourage them when it looks like they're having a hard time. Parents, my, my prayer for you is that you would be able to shape and mold every precious life that God has given you to raise in this life and just pour out your wisdom, pour out your understanding, pour out your love for Jesus all over them. Parents, my prayer for you is that you would recognize how amazing each and every one of your keiki are, that God has given you such a divine privilege to raise them. And I want you to point out Jesus in them. I want you to look into their life and into their hearts and say, I see Jesus in you, son and daughter. I want you to do that and I want you to see, I want to see these family conversations turn Jesus-centered. I want to see, I think Jesus wants our, our family conversations to turn towards him. I think he wants us to eat and drink together and remember everything that he's done for us. I think he wants us to eat and drink and remember that he has provided all of our I think he wants us to eat and drink and remember that he has provided for all of our needs. So family, would you do this with me this morning as we take the bread and the cup together? I'm not going to lead you in a prayer. I am not going to 
tell you when to take the bread, when to take the cup. I want to lead you in this way. Find somebody around you right now in your living room. Could be your kids, could be your parents, could be your wife or your husband. But the point is, take the cup with somebody right now. Take the bread with somebody. And do this. Go around in a circle and point out heaven in your family. See where God has been in the midst, where he has been that gentle whisper in and among the chaos in your life right now. Do you see him? Do you feel him? Have you felt him somewhere? Point that out. Parents, encourage your kids. Kids, love and obey and encourage your parents as well. Let's make, let's bring church back to the table. Let's bring the, the presence of God back here in the family unit. Let's make the connection here so strong that it plays out into our entire church ohana here at Nhope Kailua. I pray during this season that God is going to do something amazing through your family and through mine. That he's going to bring stronger bonds and ties and remind us where he wants to be remembered. Through the deep, personal, connective stories that we tell at this table. As we remember all that he has done for us. All the ways he's given us hope and freedom and love and joy. And so church, sit with some loved ones right now. Break some bread. Share where you see Jesus. Take the cup. Laugh. Cry. Um, and just remember that God is with you, even till the end of the age. So I want to encourage you this morning, not to take communion just between you and God. But to take it with whoever's in your household right now. Take it with whoever is here, your family, your friends. Um, and let's take communion the way that Jesus wanted to be remembered by. With relationships, sharing stories, remembering the goodness of God in our homes and in our families. Let's be present together the way that Jesus was present with us. Love you guys. Take some communion together and we'll see you guys next week.